are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello, guys. You guys have highs and lows. Any thoughts? Well, I had an interesting uh, development last uh, Sunday. I went to church. Church is pretty much same old, same old. But we had a guest speaker, so I was like, okay. And the guy started talking about, you know, I believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible. Okay. Uh-huh. Then he was in, that goes into creation, the creationism. I'm like, okay. And then he starts talking about the earth and the atmosphere and the firmament. And I'm thinking to myself, is this guy a flat earther? And sure <laughs> enough, uh, I listened to an hour sermon on how the earth is flat. No. <laughs> Gosh. That was fun. Uh, you know, usually church isn't that exciting, but uh, that was that was pretty fun. Really? Were people objecting? No. I think people must have been either sleeping or they didn't really catch what he was up to. But well, probably uh, is, I, there's a biblical uh, justification kind of, I think, where it talks about the four corners of the earth. Exactly. Yep. In the yeah. firmament. Right. Yeah. It, uh, the earth. Yeah. It might have uh, caused us to leave the church, but I'm not sure yet. So we'll see. What <laughs> denomination is this, Matt? It's a uh, Presbyterian. They're notorious for their flat earther stand. <laughs> yeah. But you you never know when you invite a a guest because we used because I, I was at a small church and we'd invite guys to come, you know, and and you'd get some crazies and you just didn't know, you know, entirely. You kind of just do it off of word of mouth. And when this one guy show up, he came in a van with his assistant, who is this crazy lady with big blue hair kind of person. <laughs> Their relationship was a little question, like what what is going on here? <laughs> he had like a seventies van. Anyway, he did a big uh, like tried to do a big healing miracle service yeah it was uh it was weird i guess there's a lot i guess there's a whole community underground of people that travel around and speak at churches and they always wear polyester a lot of polyester happening in that circuit are they all former former elvis memphis mafia guys it's the next step that's what i it's like when you can't make it in regular pop music and so you go to country that's the similar transition my my thing my problem with that is of all the things you want to leave people with like if you think I've only got an hour to tell these people I'll never see again something. That's what you want to leave them with is something about right. the flat earth. <laughs> There's a whole circuit too of uh, guys that travel around to do the uh, literal Bible uh, creation story. I always had a big problem with that myself. I just didn't feel like it was honest. And that really started me questioning a lot of things. Actually, that was probably some of the original gateways into me questioning the whole literal Bible as because these guys would come and they'd speak about this and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't honestly give the other side of the story that like a hundred percent of all real scientists believe. And they would act, they would pass it off as if, you know, evolution was uh, not, no longer viable in the scientific community. They would essentially be lying about it or downplaying, um, I guess, its influence. And I just felt it was dishonest. And that, that started me questioning a lot of things, you know, actually. I think we need to have an episode on this sometime, because I think <laughs> I think there's some things that, that I didn't know about you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, with, you know, with, I mean that with, res- you know, with respect. I mean, yeah. I yeah. just, I, I, I think you need to look at it through the lens of they feel convicted this way. It is their job to give this evidence. Look at it to me like a court case. You know, yeah. you have 
two sides. You know, you are trying to uh, prove your side of the case. Yeah, I genuinely I prove any side. I would just say, this is what reality is. This is what we understand. Here's what the Bible says. Here's the problems with it that we don't fully understand. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's, yeah. Um, there's a good guy uh, on stuff like this about, you know, the scientific part of it. Uh, his name's yeah. Frank Turek. So if you guys or anybody that's listening ever wants to check out Frank Turek, he does a great job of actually explaining some of these things and addressing them. Because I think your problem is uh, you feel like they're not addressing the elephant in the room about some scientific right. parts. Yeah. yeah, and I get that. But I, I genuinely think a lot of those people aren't trying to be disingenuous. I just think they're trying to explain their side and defend their side of what they believe. I, yeah, I, I think it's well-meaning, but it came across, it always came across to me as dishonest, even though it's well-meaning. So as, a, as an audience member watching this, that's the way I, it kind of struck me as like, well, maybe, maybe we're not getting the whole truth here. This doesn't feel exactly accurate. So that's what started my questioning of, of the Bible and stuff. We're all going to be reincarnated as like a moss on some rock in Greenland and be like, shit. <laughs> we were all wrong. I know. Speaking of being honest, uh, one of my, I got into a, uh, a legitimate argument with some guys. So I was at WasteCon, which is the uh, equivalent of ComicCon, except for the garbage industry. We were at a uh, networking event afterwards, and it's me and two other bald guys standing there. And I was like, we should probably split up. We're drawing too much attention to ourselves. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and I was like, so I brought up the topic of baldness and, you know, with three, with two other guys that were obviously totally bald and i was like well honestly you know if you could take a pill you know if i could take a pill i would you know and if they ever came out with one and the other two guys they went into they fell into the stupid like it's like a rut of saying no i would never no i wouldn't even do that i, I like it being bald now that's and being I disingenuous to say you wouldn't exactly. try to say you wouldn't try I'm like, I'm like guys it's it's me like it's us like you don't need to put up this charade anymore run. yeah exactly no 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 i wouldn't I, I don't like the hassle of hair and i was like okay it's us like you don't need to do this right now let's just be honest and they kept saying no and then i just finally had to walk away from the conversation <laughs> i don't like it you know you're with your people and you can't have an honest conversation about it it's uh it's hard on a related note uh yeah. you guys really lucked out because uh i guess somebody was running a promotion on twitter where if we got a thousand followers uh, one of you two would have to shave your heads so <laughs> you guys you guys really dodged a bullet i don't know yeah. who did that but you guys hey, there's out. still time oh there's yeah. still time yeah i think i left so it open the, uh, <laughs> the hollow notes countdown ended um with, with glory thud. Like the Hindenburg, baby, <laughs> in the ground. And the number one was uh, uh, what was it again? Number one was out of touch. Number <laughs> yeah. one, number one hit from 1984 off the Big Bam Boom album. Yeah, very yeah. 80s sounding album. In retrospect, can I say that I was surprised that Sarah Smiles was wasn't higher up the list? Wasn't like a number um, one or number two? You know, that kind I of have... surprised me when I saw that at like 11. Okay. I was, I was stunned. I was rocked back. I, I did have a few complaints. Well, I had a lot of complaints during the countdown <laughs> just about me doing it in general, but uh, I had a lot of complaints about the what I call the big three from the 70s, which yeah. is Rich Girl, Sarah Smile, and um, She's Gone. Because yeah. they're not, they're all kind of in that eight to 12 range for me. I don't, they're just I not. I think you like, have a touch of music 
contrarianism, and I think that runs deep in your bones somehow, Nate. A little bit of it, and it seeps out, and it yeah. won't allow you to put a big three at the number one. And it also provides, it makes you listen to Rush in high school when no one else was. There's a little bit of something there. I haven't pinpointed it yet, but it's there. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing. Let's put it that way. The, the yeah. funniest thing I ever heard about Rush was at a at a concert. It was my second or third Rush concert. And the guy sitting next to me, I don't know, was probably 10 years older than me. Pretty cool guy. And we're just talking about number of shows you've been to and stuff. And he goes, he goes, let me tell you, he goes, there's two types of Rush fans. The guys that uh, want to fix your math homework and the guys that want to fix your Camaro. And I'm like, wow. I go, that's like yeah. the perfect way to describe it. And he goes, yeah, it there's... Is. And so we started like pointing at guys in the crowd and he's like, which is that guy? Math homework or Camaro? And I'm like, Camaro. And that's right. It's split into two factions. And they're both equally incapable at social... Talking to a lady. kind. Yeah. So yeah, I guess uh, talking to a girl, either being insensitive or being too nerdy. It's on both sides of the spectrum. All right, well, today we are going to talk about Conan O'Brien. Conan used to be on, of course, after the Tonight Show. And then I think that's when we got introduced to him. I'm sure it was early, was it mid-90s. I can't say I was there from Ground Zero, but definitely in season one. I was looking back and, you know, when he did his writing on Saturday Night Live, and that was kind of yeah. our prime years on Saturday Night Live when we were probably in, yeah. what, seventh? eighth ninth grade something mm-hmm. like that the the impact of saturday night live on a lot of guys including us in the early 90s and late 80s we would watch it every week we'd record it and rewatch it talk a lot in the in the phrases of that show what that time period there was was very impactful on us yeah and even his work on the simpsons uh during those early years yes uh, right. like, uh, i always tell people i'm like you can always tell a simpsons episode that's a conan episode So some of Conan's greatest hits over the years, obviously, um, <clears throat> let's see, there's a Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, Robert Smigel. The Great American Beer Festival, also known as the Distant Fathers Expo. Every year, hundreds of people come to beer festivals like this one to see what it's like to not drink alone. Looking at you, you're an expert, I'm sure. What beer pairs best with a TV dinner and a broken marriage. Which is which is very funny. I love the anytime Paul Rudd comes on, he brings a clip of his movie and then they intersplice it with McGee and me. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, I promise it's not it's not gonna happen this time. And then every time it happens and it's the kid falling off the cliff in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, that was um, just and then a uh, Walker Texas Ranger lever. Yep. Yeah. So that was just a thing where they'd pull, pull a lever and just it would play a random Walker, Walker Texas Ranger clip, and it was always so so hilarious because of how cheesy and campy it was. But the best one was uh, when uh, who's that kid uh, that was uh, Haley Joel Osment? Now, ladies and gentlemen, as some of you may know, uh, we here at Late Night often like to show clips from Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> Well, folks, there is one clip from Walker, Texas Ranger that we've been holding back on. In fact, this is true, we've been afraid to show it. But it's spring cleaning, and I want to test just how good a crowd this is. So here it is. The one Walker clip we've never shown. Once you see it, you'll understand why. 
And how are you doing, little partner? Fine. And it's a little visitor now. <laughs> Adewayoli is how you say it in Cherokee. Oh, well, pardon my French, but uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> Walker told me I had AIDS. I think we should go to commercial. <laughs> to me, my greatest hits are pretty much anything Norm MacDonald says on Conan. Because, oh man, oh god, I like yesterday. I, I think I watched every clip of Norm MacDonald on Conan. And what's yeah. awesome about Conan is he just lets him be. He knows exactly when to just step out of the way and let whoever be funny. And that's yeah. I think that's a skill. He doesn't have to like play a one-upsmanship thing. He just lets Norm MacDonald go, and it's beautiful do you have a scene where you and, and you, you and him embrace yeah lots of making out oh for god's sake <laughs> nothing but making out all right it's like nine and a half weeks but carrot top <laughs> we were doing wow i gotta check out that movie is it called nine and a half seconds <laughs> Like he's premature ejaculated. You know, you know what happened? This is what happened. You know what happened? He said nine and a half seconds, and I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait, and I see the glimmer in the eye, and then bang! I thought you were going to crack whore, but no. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Well, really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. What about my friend? Courtney Thorne Smith, the girl sitting to your left, is in the movie. I'm going to go see it for fun. Else away no, I love this girl. I would see any movie with this girl in. She's a beautiful lady and, and a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. As evidenced by her appearance on our rival show. All right, well, there's this two hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. The best Conan skit, I think, is the old-timey baseball one. Yes. He's a very yeah. big history buff. Yeah. And yep. he's, like, obsessed with, like, Victorian-era, like, speech yes. and lifestyle and culture. So for him at an old-timey baseball thing to be there and get to speak that, you know, that old-timey talk, is he's yeah. in his element. Oh, it's so great. Despicable! Deplorable! Some of the worst apple hurling and stick mashing I've seen! You hit like a bunch of old men that fought in the Spanish-American War, which hasn't even been fought yet! I'd like to take the whole lot of you and thrash you with this hand! Then bash you with this hand! Then take both hands and give you a massage just to loosen you up! Now, let's get back out there and show that other team why our life expectancy is only 39 years. 
Nice for the cool breeze. It was most cooling on my mustache. Please cool me again. You, Irish, back a few. Corn cob, more to the left. Palsy, more to the right. Rickets, down close. Get it, get it, you fool! By all that's holy, someone catch that sphere! You ass! What's wrong with you? I think the thing I've laughed at hardest was the masturbating bear. So he has this uh, reoccurring character called masturbating bear. And it's just this guy in a big bear costume that comes out and like, I don't know, faux masturbates, I guess. Anyway, they were given an audience member all the money that one of their employees could catch in a money box. They would give it to the audience member and they put the masturbating bear in there. And all he does is like, you know, do that all the time and not get any money. And the guy afterwards is like, <laughs> Crestfallen. Ladies and gentlemen, it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like the bear didn't grab any money at all. Uh, Kevin, are you uh, are you still on the phone, Kevin? Yeah. That bear just masturbated away my kid's Christmas. If I had to pick just one favorite, it would be in the early Conan days, uh, Will, Will Ferrell came on and he pretended to be a spokesman for a product called Scrub-A-Dub. To me, it epitomizes what Conan is because he just loves, he just loves the nonsense of it. And that's what I yeah. love. It's like he's got, some people just, they're just trying too hard to be funny and he just embraces the nonsense. And I love, I love that about him. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to do a, a fun little comedy bit in just a second. But first, we have to take care of a little business up top, okay? Now, folks, if you're looking for the finest in kitchen and bathroom cleansers, your search is over. Reach for Scrub-A-Dub. That's right. Don't just clean your kitchen or bathroom. Scrub-A-Dub it with Scrub-A-Dub. And if you don't believe me, just ask the man on the bottle himself. Isn't that right, Scrub-A-Dub? That's right, Conan. If there's one thing I love, it's cleaning. So watch out, Dirt, because Scrub-A-Dub's coming. <laughs> That's right, Scrub-A-Dub. Okay, thank you very much. Now, Andy, uh, let me ask you a quick question. Let's mm -hmm. get into this fun bit. You ever notice that a lot of celebrities bear a resemblance to certain animals? Oh, I think everybody has. It's, okay, yeah. yeah, this is fun. Well, we thought it'd be fun to show some celebrities and their animal counterparts. For example, uh, hey, I got one. Pamela Lee is like a fox. <laughs> because I want to have sex with her. <laughs> All right, Scrub-a-Dub, that's fine. Okay, we, we did your advertisement, so just, just, can you leave now? All right. Pamela Lee's a fox. <laughs> sex. All right, that, that's enough, please. Okay, let's get into this. Now, uh, uh, oh, did you ever notice that Keanu Reeves looks a little bit like a fruit bat? Really? Yeah, Here we were we thinking. And, Lucky yeah, seven. He looks like Come a fruit, on. and we thought that. Lucky seven, pay up, you suckers. <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on a second. What are you doing, Scrub-a-Dub? You know how it is, Conan. Scrub-a-Dub's just looking for a little extra cab money for the ride home. You know, I, would you just, uh, 
I want you to get out of the studio right now, okay? Typical Catholic. Wait a minute, what did you say? I'm going, I'm going! All right, I'm sorry. All right, let's get back into this. Well, anyway, we were wondering, uh, what if Sigourney Weaver, all right, you know, did she bear any resemblance at all to a giant gar? Okay, that's something that we're... That would mean. What is that? I... kind of just give everybody just a quick uh, overview of Conan. And uh, he was born in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, he was Irish Catholic. His, his family on both sides is 100% Irish. His three sisters and two brothers. His dad was a scientist, I believe worked for Harvard at times. His mom was a lawyer in a big law firm. Very smart family. He, he went to Harvard University. In high school, Conan wrote an essay that won the National of All the High Schoolers in America uh, National Essay Award. It was actually like a short story. That got him some uh, notoriety. I was reading actually an article from 1980, I think it was in the Boston Globe, that was interviewing Conan as a high schooler and talking about his interests. And you can tell that that wit and that just sharpness is there. And it's really interesting. So he goes to Harvard, and while there, he joins the Harvard Lampoon, which is the magazine out of Harvard, comedy magazine. And he meets uh, you know, fellow future writers there. After that, he goes to L.A. He tries to write for uh, sketch comedy shows, uh, not necessarily the news, um, and another one, which was canceled. Anyway, then he got a job at the writing staff of Saturday Night Live, where he wrote, as Matt was saying, there were some noteworthy sketches he had. Um, one was called uh, My Short-Term Memory, and one was called The Girl Watcher. Had Tom Hanks and John Lovitz. I remember that one as a kid watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a few cameos, like when Tom Hanks got his uh, five timer uh, jacket. Conan was in that skit. But after that, he uh, he went. He got hired for The Simpsons. Actually, what happened was he had an engagement fall through. He was engaged to be married, and that fell through. And then his uh, he quit Saturday Night Live, and he said he basically started walking around New York City and saying, "Some idea will come to me. I don't know what I want to do with my life," and that's when the showrunners for The Simpsons uh, called him and offered him a writing job. So he went out there and started uh, writing in L.A. for The Simpsons. He also joined The uh, uh, Groundlings, which is obviously one of the most important comedy troops. That's where he met Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Um, I believe they started dating for a little while. They dated for quite a while, I guess. And she encouraged him to get try and get into performing more than just writing. And then David Letterman... Uh, was leaving and obviously going to CBS and they were looking for a, a fill-in and he was completely unknown, Conan was. And uh, they, Lauren Michaels decided to take a risk on him. So what they did was they created a fake one episode, basically. They had uh, George Casanza from Seinfeld and somebody else on the show. They staffed the audience with writers and other people and they filmed a show that was broadcast live to NBC executives. And he really impressed him doing that fake show. And then he got the job. But it even even that, the late night job that he got was only like, in a, like a three-week, con- it was like a very small contract at a time because ratings weren't good to start. Eventually, the ratings got better and better, and he kept the show. And then after that, of course, it was a weird thing where they offered him five years ahead of time. They announced that Jay Leno was going to step down. They announced it five years ahead of time and said, we're going to give the show to Conan. So C- Conan got the show. He had it for about six or seven months. The ratings weren't as high as they were with Jay Leno. 
So Jay Leno started his own sort of primetime talk show. Then the NBC executives came to Conan and Jay Leno and said, we're going to put Jay back in the 1130 slot. We're going to, it's going to be a half an hour show. And then we want the tonight show to go to 1205. And Conan said, no, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm, because I, I feel like it would ruin this, the legacy of this great institution, which is the tonight show to move it into the next day, you know, to give it the 1205 slot. So rather than do that, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. So, they basically bought Conan out, paid him millions of dollars, signed him with a contract to not appear on television for a while, gave Jay Leno the Tonight Show back, and which ultimately went to Jimmy or Jimmy Fallon. So then he went on tour doing his own live show because he couldn't appear on TV. And uh, the first stop was in Eugene, which is where I live. For some reason, they chose Eugene as the first uh, opening day of his show. So um, there was all this buzz that Conan was in town and hanging around. And I'd heard on the radio or somebody told me that he was down having breakfast at the uh, hotel lobby. <laughs> so I went down there and I walk in and there's no one there except Conan and his people, the big guys in the band and his writers and assistant. And so I like... I just, I didn't even care. I just blatantly sat really close to them. And it was only us and them and me in the whole restaurant. And so I'm listening to them talk and everything. And, and that's when he, uh, they were talking about sending out the tweet uh, for the, to say that he was going to have a new show on TBS. And so they sent it right there at the table. And then he got up and I just, I just shook his hand and walked over to him and said how much I appreciate him. And he, he really looked me in the eyes. I was like, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. I told him I was coming to the show that night and he was just, he just, he just basically gave me all of his attention for like that 30 second interaction. And then he went on, it was really interesting. And then I, he got on a bike and he just started riding around town just by himself. And that I, was, that was my experience with Conan. I bet he looked hilarious on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His assistant, uh, I think it was at Sona. I don't, she's really funny. She, yeah. She's she on the podcast. That's Sona Mugsessian. Yeah. Yeah, she was there in the lobby as he was walking out, and she had a 10-speed for him. And he got on and put on his helmet and rode out of the lobby and just went riding around town. So what a, a, brush was what a good dude to just, yeah. whether it's a second or a minute, I mean, he could just as easily ignore you and just walk yeah. on by. Yeah, but, and he was doing that for anybody because after the show, he was just taking so much time with people, just really paying attention to them, really taking his time with them. And that's the impression that I get of Conan in general, as the way he treats people, is with respect. Like, when TBS was going to offer him the show, they were going to have to bump George Lopez, who had a, who had a talk show at the time on TBS. And he said, I don't want to do what they did to me to George Lopez. And so he didn't take it. And then George Lopez called him and said, no, I, w I will be bumped. I want you to come and take this show. And, uh, and, that's when, and that's when Conan took it on TBS. So he's been there now for... I guess it's 2010, so that's a long time. He's also doing other things, like uh, he's got the podcast now, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, which is very popular. It's a great podcast. And he's also doing he's doing a thing on HBO where they're trying to launch and highlight uh, up-and-coming comedians as well that yeah. should be coming out soon. He's been doing that travel thing. I don't know. Have you watched any yeah. of the travel stuff on Netflix? Yeah, it's really good. God, those are awesome. The, his yeah. trip to Cuba is one. I've watched that probably four or five times. And then he goes some places where it's not the whole episode can not even be that funny. It's like serious. Like Yeah, like did he go to Haiti? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he gets into like, and when he goes to the Middle East, he gets into like the geopolitical background. He explains the history of everything yep. it's really awesome well when he went to yeah. north or when he went to south korea he actually went to the uh, dmz the military zone 
And uh, he was like right on the border that they have with uh, North and South Korea. He got to go in that room, that building, isn't it? Yeah, the building right. that meets where you can meet in between. Wouldn't yeah. you want to like trip and like fall across the line and see what happened or tie your, bend down to tie your shoe and put your foot over the line, toe over oh, He would have been dead for sure. Because yeah. they, to they told him not to touch the guard or go past him. They said, if you do that, we cannot help you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the one for, when they went to Italy with his producer? Yeah, with, uh, is it Jordan? Jordan. Yeah, that was probably the most comical of them oh, because God. he didn't really didn't really care about Italy at all. It was just between yeah. him and Jordan. How do you keep a if you're that Jordan Slansky, you know it's a bit. You know he's you know playing a character. How do you keep yeah. a straight face? When you got Conan in your face doing this stuff and you're and you cannot laugh, how do you do I know, it? It's awesome. What I like to do is drive around here. I have very specific music that I like to listen to. Oh. For example, the second verse, let's say, of L'Ultimo Ray by Andrea Bocelli from Chile de Tostana. Guess what? I looked into it. To play that music would cost us a lot of money. So uh, I had the band make us up some music that doesn't cost us anything. Oh, can you stop the car for a sec? Stop it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yourself as a sophisticated and academic, you know, an intellect, and you're a fool. I mean, this is like, uh, this is like toddler humor, you know? All your training has led you to this. Conan, like, really epitomizes, I mean, our little show, Think Funny. Conan's sensibility and his whole personality kind of, I think, epitomizes what we're going for. So uh, Howard Stern recently wrote another uh, a biography, and um, he said, I'm going to name my number one guest of all time. And he said it was Conan O'Brien. And people were really surprised by that. You know, he's interviewed everybody. But he kind of describes it here. I'll, I'll play it for you guys just uh, just a minute. In a way, the art of conversation is dead. Like, yes, everyone has a podcast. And yes, everyone's talking to everyone else. But where can you congregate in front of millions of people and have a real conversation? And yeah, I'm going to ask people, you know, fucking weird questions. But you see, to me, the mistake that people can make is they can think that the strippers and the vibrators and the, you know, little people, that that represents uh, pushing the envelope. And what they don't understand is, yeah, sometimes it can, and there was probably a time when it did, but at a certain point, sitting down and having a real conversation with someone is edgier than if you had Absolutely. 65 strippers come in here right now. Right. You, 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 you're, what you're having, what you're doing, and it's, I see this mistake all the time. People will start a new late night talk show and they want it to be edgy. And I've had some of them come to me for advice and they've shown me, I had a, someone show me tape of their new show and they had just taped a pilot and it was just them coming out, hard rock music. They come out, they spray paint all over the wall. They kick something over. They, uh, they're wearing half a leather jacket. They're, uh, there's no form. They interview someone in the audience, then they throw cream pies, then someone interviews them, then <laughs> shit comes down from the ceiling. And I look at it and I said, it doesn't feel edgy. It doesn't feel revolutionary because you're not, the funniest thing in the world is give someone restraint. You need to create restraint. You need to create, uh, it's how engines work. You make a confined space and then you create all this energy and it's got nowhere to go and it pushes the car forward. Stupid explanation of how an engine works, by the way. But uh, I don't know anyway. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> you need, what you have here, where we're sitting right now, is a small space 
few distractions. And if you can get a person there, you can get them to really open up. That, to me, is edgier. Those kind of conversations, to me, are way more satisfying. And and I, that's why I like this, this. I mean, that's why I said, maybe what you were saying before was addressing that, that I, you know, I should be proud of everything in my career. But, but this is what I'm most proud of, these right. conversations. I think that's what makes his podcast so great. Um, it's just him and the guest, and he can really dive deep and kind of get them vulnerable a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny. I mean, it, what he's able to draw out of the guest is, is really funny on his podcast. Do you guys see that he had a stalker at one point? No. <laughs> that's funny, though. Yeah. And it was a guy. It was a priest, <laughs> Father David something. Anyway, he was a priest, and he kept writing Conan letters signed as your priest stalker and they got more and more aggressive and eventually he got arrested and had to have a two-year restraining order against him yeah that was Conan stalker was an old male priest (laughs) so that is such a Conan stalker have you guys taken a look at uh conan's uh twitter account a couple things yep. are really striking he has he found it he started it in february 2010 and he's never liked a tweet no he's got, he follows one person he started following her in uh 2010 shortly after he started the account sarah killen yeah i was gonna uh, research who that is did you I think i think she's just you know, just an average person. Because I, I, I read that she went from three followers to then just thousands. And now she's got like 400 and some thousand followers. Do you know That's what like- I like about Conan's tweets is you can tell they're definitely him. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Here's the last four. I'll just read the last four because they're just so good. And they're all done in the last day. Okay, first one. If you've got leftovers from Halloween, here's a tip. Candy corn makes excellent chowder. And that's a pretty classic cone. And here's the next one. I think for Halloween, I'll go with what I dressed up as last year. Dayton, Ohio, Comptroller Mel Hindman. <laughs> Just <laughs> That was a good one. Uh, give a dog a bone, he'll eat for a day. Teach a dog to bone, that's a federal fence, you freak. <laughs> yeah, that's coming in for sure. Uh, this last one's a favorite. On his new album, Kanye West says Christ so often, he sounds like my dad trying to fix a toy Mm -hmm. all right guys well uh thanks everybody for listening to think funny podcast thanks to our uh silent guest host conan o'brien this week (laughs) thanks to matt donnelly and nate sadler and uh we'll see you guys next week finally uh i have something to say uh to our fans this massive outpouring of support and passion from so many people has been overwhelming for me. The rallies, the signs, all this goofy, outrageous creativity on the internet. Uh, The fact that people have traveled long distances and camped out all night in the pouring rain. It's pouring. It's been pouring for days. And they're camping out to be in our audience. Really, you, here's what all of you have done. You made a sad situation joyous and inspirational. So to all the people watching, I can never, ever thank you enough for the kindness to me. I'll think about it for the rest of my life. And all I ask is one thing, and this is, I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. 
But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, it's just true. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more.